Hi everyone and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. In each episode, we invite guests to have honest conversations about their mental health journeys with the goal of destigmatizing mental health within the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Due to the nature of the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics and possibly triggering experiences. While we and the majority of our guests are not trained professionals, we encourage you to practice self-care while listening and seek professional guidance if you or a loved one is in need of support. With that said, let's start the episode. Hello, my name is Yua Watanabe, and I would describe my mental health journey as something that is just as complex and difficult as life itself. Hello and welcome to this episode of the CT Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Yonamura. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have done, this is 31 episodes. Um, it's been uh, very fun for me to do, and I'm not saying this because we're going to stop. I'm just reflecting on the fact that I've done that we've done 31 of these episodes, and it's been so cool to see a consistent following on them. Um, oh, I keep forgetting to say this in the intro. Whatever platform you're on you should definitely give us a five-star rating because i don't think we have any ratings yet and that would be a huge help so whether you're on spotify or apple or anchor whatever you're on uh, you should definitely give us a five-star rating uh, but with that said i this was a great interview it was so easy for me to talk to this guest um mainly because i i actually know her relatively well uh going into it uh, but we joined the CT crew at around the same time. Like, I think it was like literally within a month or two of one another. So it was really great to do this interview to get to know a little bit more about their story. Uh, whenever I do these episodes with the CT crew, it's really cool because I get to know them better than I did before. And uh, it's just great to learn about their mental health stories a little bit closer. So that said... I'm very excited for you, here, for you to hear this episode that I had with Yua Watanabe. Before we get into the episode, I do want to give a quick content warning that we do discuss suicidal ideations and suicide. So if you need to take a step away or be cautious moving forward and listening to this episode, I just want to give you a heads up that we will be discussing these themes. Yua, thank you for finally being on the podcast. Uh, I know... <laughs> I know you were worried about your cough, uh, but for the audience, Yua is, for the most part, you're doing okay, right? Health-wise, you're doing yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so we, we had to put it off a couple of times, but hey, we finally got you. The 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 gem of the podcast, the, the most listened to episode in advance, I already know, just <laughs> star of the show. Um, <laughs> but I'd love to, to ask... Um, how or why you describe it as similar to how complex life is itself yeah i just feel like um like my mental health journey and i think like a lot of people would also agree with this but it's just like it's a constant process of um working on it and it's never like oh i hit my goal of like mm -hmm you know, I am like happy now and that's like stable. I think we're just very complex just as human beings and we'll have bad days and good days. And I think it's like mental health. I used to think of it as like, oh, I'm going to be mentally healthy. Like mm -hmm. I am not feeling so great right now for like a long period of time. And I want to get to the point where I am mentally healthy. But 
that's not I I think I started realizing that that's not necessarily the case and I saw that like as I continue my life from high school into college it's something that just kind of shifts along with like different life circumstances and different events that occur within that moment so that's why I said I would like I would equate it to life just Mm. because it's constantly shifting and I see that change as like day by day goes by yeah no I totally get that I think you know that's kind of it's similar to how everyone has kind of described it or not everyone but a lot of our guests it's about how you're either in the middle of it or it's a work in progress but it's like you're never at the finish line because it's always changing um so I would like to ask like when you became aware of what mental health is and like this full complex nature of it so like when would you say your journey in mental health began Hmm, definitely in high school but it wasn't like a specific moment where I had an epiphany it was like mental health um I think it slowly entered my life and I want to say definitely like during my freshman year of high school I didn't really hear about mental health it just wasn't a conversation around me um but I was really struggling with academics Hmm. and I think that was the main thing that was like the biggest stressor for me especially because I entered high school and now everyone was talking about college and um, resumes and like internships and difficult AP classes and I felt really behind just because I hadn't thought about that in middle school and in Mm -hmm. elementary school and it felt like everyone was already like at the the start line and I was like running late Mm -hmm. um, and trying to catch up and that was the main thing that kind of kick-started my like anxious mindset I guess and just an immense amount of stress as a student Um, and then also just these bigger questions of like what do I want to do with my life like what where do I want to go like what's the career path that I want to take um and also just like social questions of like who are the people that I want to surround myself with like who am I who do I want to be um and so mental health really entered my life during high school when all of those questions were popping up and I started really thinking for myself rather than my sister or my mom or just like my family members being like you like this or like these are your extracurricular activities and this is what you do um I think high school is the first time that you become a little bit more independent um you start driving you're able to like have a lot more like just independent rights I feel like just as a person mm-hmm. um and it pushed me to kind of figure out things on my own mm. and that was the start of my mental health journey is when I guess I was kind of naturally given the right to like choose things mm. and decide things on my own which I hadn't done before I was mm. really like sheltered right um so yeah I don't is that is that too, too like too surface level? Should I go more into? Well, I guess I I do have a follow up. So with that, how, because I think there's <clears throat> folks will see independence as kind of like the social life or just like general responsibilities. But how did you connect like this independence to the mental health side of things? I guess like how how did those two collide to to make you more aware of your mental health? 
Yeah, that's um hmm. I I think I just always had a mindset of like wanting to be able to like be stable by myself hmm. and like not need other people's help. Hmm. Um even when it comes to my parents, I'm very like I want to do things for them and I I feel like they've already given enough to me that I just want to give back. And so I think in high school when I got my first job and I was able to start filling out like applications on my own, you know, when you're like 16 and then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you're an adult. Um, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to start living life on my own and kind of make my parents proud. And um, yeah, that connects to my mental health journey because I feel like that was just a lot of like I I think I was just confused Mm. um I didn't know what I was doing um and again it felt like a lot of people were just like you know I've been taking like these higher academic courses since I was like born Mm. um I know Katie was talking about this a little bit too in her podcast but being in a very like highly rigorous academic setting um we both went to very similar school districts well hold on you you only went to Costas so let's just relax (laughs) right and you went to Redondo I forgot so let's just relax it's not that great I'm I'm kidding I'm kidding go ahead I'm totally kidding I really do think that our South yeah. Bay, like Beach City School District is very academically rigorous. Mm-hmm. And it's just a lot of stress on the students. And especially for someone like me, who I really did not, I don't think my mind opened up until I was in like, sophomore year, hmm. where I realized that, oh, I have to get into a good college to yada 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 or it's just like that that was the mindset that I had and that was the mindset that everyone around me had and so I was like put into this box and then I was also kind of I had this idea that I had to be like independent I had to be an adult I was you know getting older seeing other people like have jobs being able to like be financially independent um and yeah that was it wasn't something that was inflicted by my parents but it was something that I have and I still, I had, and I still have, I think, um, and I'm working on it, but um, it's just expectations for yourself. Mm. And it's not outside pressures. It's, it's less of outside pressures, but it's more of like an internal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really about being like a perfectionist. And I think that's, that's really like what was rooted in my big like mental health journey of like I'm not good enough I can't you know keep up um and I really started falling behind in school I remember the end of my junior year I think I was talking to my counselor and she told me that if I missed another day of school like I couldn't graduate Hmm. um and that really made me realize like it's like the school setting that's giving me a lot of stress Because when I'm at home, I feel fine. But when I'm around other students that I really compare myself to, and I'm like, oh, that is perfect. I have to get there. Um, I just, I like beat myself up about it. Hmm. So there's a couple of follow-ups, but first I'd like to ask, like how, 
Was there someone you spoke to? Was there something you came across on social media? Was it in a class even where you realized like this is what mental health is? Like it, it's about caring for these things and making sure my well-being is good. Like because because yeah. I feel like I wasn't aware of mental health until I was straight up told that I had depression by a doctor. Mm. So like for you, how yeah. did you realize like this is actually like your mental health journey? Yeah. Um, so what's interesting about me is like I have never been clinically diagnosed right I guess um and I think you don't have to be when you know you just know right um and yeah I like I said I like couldn't get out of bed I just was not going to school really just the mindset of like I wish I could just sleep and not wake up Mm. like a like a very nice like like death that doesn't that isn't painful um and that that was like what I was wishing for every day but I did have my mom and I'm really really close with my mom and so I remember talking to her about it she was obviously concerned because I wasn't going to school um and mental health I think I actually like took initiative because I really wanted to get better um and I remember saying really often like oh I I want to get back to like what it felt like when I was a child Mm. and I didn't have to think about school or career or I don't any like any other financial Mm. um or like social conflicts that you might have it's just like I feel like when you're a child you're just not thinking about anything and it's complete freedom Mm -hmm. and you just feel liberated and I remember saying really often that I wanted to get back to (laughs) <laughs> like when I was a child and the yeah. mindset that I had um and so I remember doing a lot of just like like online searching like oh like I feel sad or like what to do and like I think the the terms like depression and like um suicidal ideation and all of those were in my vocabulary um I think when I went to like middle school they slowly started implementing those words possibly. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I I don't, I genuinely don't remember how that was already in my vocabulary. I think it was just like something with school or they brought in like counselors. Um, but I remember looking things up on my, on my phone mm-hmm. and it was like a wiki how of like, here's how to like not be depressed. Interesting. Or like here's, and it it was it was honestly like I don't know it's I guess that was just the easiest way for me to not really talk about it mm. um, and keep it private because you do have like the incognito mode on your phone right right and I was very tech savvy with my like <laughs> iPhone 4 but um I remember looking things up and like reading wiki how like oh um like how to not be like suicidal or like how to not be depressed Mm -hmm. um and I guess that was my like intro to mental health because things would pop up and be like how to be mentally healthy or like how like certain things that you can do to like have a healthier lifestyle or like change your mindset um and there'd be like weird reddit threads of like don't kill yourself like Mm. you're important um and so it was really like online that kickstarted Sorry, that was a very long-winded... No, it wasn't at all. No, it was not long-winded. <laughs> and uh, again, 
just following up, I totally agree. You definitely don't have to be clinically told that you have this or that to know. That's just how like I figured it out. So I totally agree. Like you definitely don't need to be told by anyone that in order to be validated. And then I think it's so interesting because again, like I, I knew what I was feeling, but I didn't know what else to call it or what to look up. So I think it's really interesting that you knew kind of what to look up or even to identify like what these things were because I think part of me and what a lot of people they're kind of scared to find out what it is Mm -hmm. and they're also scared to be honest with themselves that that is depression or that is anxiety so you don't even want to like look it up because you don't want to have that label so I think it's so interesting that you you took that initiative that's funny though because the way that I looked it up on like an incognito tab is also really interesting and it reminds me of like the conversations that we have at CT Cafe where it's like you have a journal but you can never be fully honest in your journal because you think that someone might look at it or even just you writing it down could make you feel like you know yeah some like someone's gonna see it or it's gonna be real and I think like just me not looking it up on the regular like Google tab Interesting. or like not not voicing it and like typing yeah. it out really secretly also probably came from like um, just a fear of that becoming real or maybe I was just like, oh, I'm just curious, but like I'm not actually depressed. Interesting. Um, and also now that you say that, I think the word like depression or like stress came into my life when I think a student in my high school class I think it was like my mathematics class or something um he passed away really early on in the in the school year Hmm. and I didn't I wasn't really close with him I didn't really know him but I remember counselors coming in and offering help to students Hmm. and saying like if you are feeling depressed or like if you're feeling sad like we're open and here for you And so I think maybe it wasn't a seminar, but it was just like some circumstances that led me to hearing those terms. And I think I caught on. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's unbelievable that like going into your freshman year, you're already aware of like the, because I I didn't even know that kids in middle school were taking like AP or advanced classes already like I kind of knew like because of the math classes like you were Mm -hmm. you had the option of going into like the one above with the one like the the general one or the advanced class but Mm -hmm. like I I feel like hey maybe Costa was more competitive because I feel like I my experience was not like that I don't know I think it's all also just me too because Mm. I it's really surprising because now I really care about my grades and I'm always checking my GPA and that's just like the persona that I had in high school and like in middle school I never checked my grades I didn't even know that grades really existed I was really like out of my head and just letting my parents do everything I didn't think about like a career I didn't think about applying to colleges I didn't even really know that colleges were a thing I was really (laughs) just disconnected Mm. from everything that I was doing and then I entered high school and like merged with a bigger school district because I'm I'm from Hermosa Mm -hmm. so we you know like merged with Manhattan Beach and then there were just very intense students who were like what'd you get on the test or Mm -hmm. like um 
are you applying to colleges? Like, is that like an extracurricular? Are you doing it like for college resumes? Blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh yeah, that would be good for college. Uh, and yeah, then it's, I, it's so yeah. weird because it was it's like, a right right and i guess i guess maybe i guess it was probably like that but i think i was similar to you like in middle school in the sense that like i like i i was like aware of my grades mm -hmm. but i think like even when i got to high school i was just like i'm gonna do me like i'm gonna like i'm gonna i'm just i'm gonna try my best mm -hmm. and like i don't know i feel like for some reason i didn't feel like the pressure like the similar pressure to you and I think yeah. I don't know maybe I don't know what it was I feel like there's so many layers to this now that I'm unpacking it but mm. I also think because I was like an Asian student I felt like I had to be at a certain level where like other Asian students were at um and there were like a few like Asian students in my school district, but it, like Manhattan Beach is predominantly white. And so I think it was also kind of like, oh, how are people perceiving me? Like, should I be like in the higher math class? Like, should mm. like, and I feel like people are perceiving me as like someone who is smart and like capable of like academia. Um, and so yeah, I really, I think I felt a little bit like fixed in that box too uh, of just people expecting me to have good grades and like expecting me to be a good student. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's such a weird time growing up in like like middle school and high school. I, I, it's just such a weird time of learning who you yeah. are and like more about what's going on. But um moving on because i know you became aware of changing tides in high school right mm -hmm. so during this time how did you come across changing tides and how did you first get involved yeah it's so weird it's such a weird story but i was working on my girl scout gold award project um and basically it's a project that like serves the community and you have to do it on your own hmm. and those are like the biggest two requirements and um at that time I was already struggling with my mental health and this is like I think I was already talking to my mom a little bit about it um and I knew I wanted to focus my project around mental health just because I hadn't seen anything around you know my community that was mental health related I wasn't seeing anything around school that had um any like mental health resources or like I don't I don't like the suicide prevention hotlines were implemented I think my senior year hmm. um, and that was through a gold award project that or the gold award project that I finished but hmm. um, when I was looking for resources and an organization to connect with um, I came across NAMI <laughs> which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness um, and that is an organization for like family members or close friends and family who are adjacent to someone who is struggling with mental illness or mental disability um and I think it's like I think I talked to a lady there um and she was like involved with the J community and she said I think your project would be more fit for this new young like mental health org that's kind of forming mm -hmm. and um 
And then a couple months after she sent me the Changing Tides website and um, yeah, like through my Gold Ori project, I found the Changing Tides pop-up that they had, <clears throat> I think back in like 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I just went and I I remember opening the door and Cortland was setting up like a, an art piece mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, hi, can I help you? And I was like, oh, is this like the Changing Tides art pop-up? And she was like, yes, but we open tomorrow. Uh... And was, <laughs> I remember like going with my mom and it was just so random. And then I, I went back um, to the actual like art pop-up, I think the next day. And I talked to Cortland there and Moet. I think I met Katie and Ty too. And then I met Taryn, who is a Changing Tides crew alum. And um, Changing Tides at the time didn't have enough resources to support me. They were, you know, we were still really small, like expanding. Mm-hmm. But Taryn offered to be my advisor for the Gold Order Project. And so oh, cool. I made that connection. Um, and so I worked with Taryn for about like a year um with my Girl Scout Gold Award project and after I think receiving the Gold Award I like still went to Changing Tides events and then I think Cortland asked me to be a speaker at the um (coughs) sorry what's it called um Making Waves yeah yeah the Making Waves conference right so I spoke at the conference Still not a CT crew member at that time. And then a year later, something COVID happened, and then I joined joined the crew. Mm-hmm. During yes. that time, I was just like trying to stay in contact with Changing Tides. I was really curious about being involved and trying to do something about like mental health awareness. Just because I was like, everyone around me is like sad and stressed and anxious about school and no one's doing anything about it Mm -hmm. and I felt so helpless because I was like I'm just a like 16 year old who has no power in this world and I feel like everyone around me is struggling with some sort of mental you know uh, Mm -hmm. like I'm stressed or like I'm I'm sad Um, but I was like why isn't why is no one like talking about it right yeah so okay so that was my next question was what struck you as in a young age to advocate for mental health awareness but so you're saying that you had peers saying i'm talking about stress or sadness or anxiety so like how how did those conversations start because i like i feel like when i was in high school i mean Mm -hmm. i think we're like similar in age but yeah. like you're like definitely a zoomer i'm like between i'm like the top like of of zoomers so like was it like social media where you'd see this or was it peer-to-peer conversations but how did you become aware that others were experiencing similar stuff to you um yeah i'm sorry but it always just like translates back to school hmm. um i would just hear really often um or first I would see students just completely burnt out hmm. because of like test prep or something. And I I remember um, people around me saying things like, 
oh, I didn't get any sleep at all. Or just throwing out, like, I want to kill myself mm. really regularly. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, it was very normalized. Right. Like, it was. I- yeah. Um, And I I used to say that really often, too, because, I don't know, it's high school. And I think there's some sort of truth in that. Where it's we're, a cry for help. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, we're all under so much stress and um there is you know, there are like multiple lo- levels of like expectations that I feel like high school students feel that they have to fulfill and the looming college of are you a failure or are you going to succeed in life mm-hmm. and um not realizing that in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter but it just feels like it's your whole world and yeah, I think that was kind of, I think when I started doing more research on mental health and I got involved with Changing Tides and I did more research with community resources and um, actions that were occurring through my Girl, Girl Scout Gold Door project, I would be listening in more keenly on the conversations that, you know, my friends were having. and. I would kind of be a little shocked every time someone said, I want to kill myself. Mm -hmm. When like previously I would be saying that myself. Um, So I I guess I just became more aware and it started with the conversations that I was having with people. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I know changing tides, we were always like, let's start the conversation. And I really think that everything starts with a conversation. Like you can really tell, like you're saying cries, for help um or just anything that's like indicating oh maybe like we should talk about mental illness maybe like we're normalizing this idea of like mental illness being this standard Mm -hmm. um and that was again through conversation yeah it's so wild because i i I haven't thought about the fact that how like in high school how normalized it would be to say kill myself to the point where it was like uh, a, text, a text a yeah, yeah like like it was such a common thing and I, I i was like a catch-all for i'm sad or i'm burnt out or i i'm frustrated like it was just a catch-all term for everyone and i think it was it's kind of scary that it was i mean it's totally scary how how it was yeah. just a catch-all for just all I of these emotions so desensitized to it right i definitely right. heard i want to die so often too yeah it was just and, yeah, yeah. And that 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 kind of touches on what you were you were talking about when what you were experiencing in high school of how there are I, I it's it's so scary to think about but there are so many times when I could identify suicidal ideations within myself and but I didn't think of it that way it was like those times when you said I just wish I could sleep and not have to wake up and yeah just because of all the pressures you it would just be easier right yeah and it's just so scary to look back on that and and think about how that's and i mean it's still a recurring thought for folks is that's still an emotion that comes up and it's just so scary of that time of yeah. stress and of social pressures and expectations it's it's so much to handle yeah um so you are now at UCLA, so mm-hmm. the academic pressures haven't necessarily gone away for you. I mean, whether it's UCLA or any other college, you're still a student. 
-hmm. So as now a current college student who's very busy, like you're super busy, um, how do you prioritize your mental health despite the, the busyness and the pressures of, of your school? Um, you know, I'm going to be completely transparent. Like my mental health, although it has gotten better, it's not where I want it to be. And even just last week, I kind of hit my breaking point of like, okay, I'm doing too many things. And my professor actually um, scheduled a meeting with me over Zoom. And he was like, I am concerned because you're, you're just completely burnt out and I can see it. And I didn't realize that it was like affecting the people around me, but I was it's just when you don't have enough space to breathe and you can physically just see it in your schedule where it's like you don't have enough space for yourself. You also don't have space for your health and also space for other people. Right. Um, and so I'm definitely, definitely working on it. I think um, the difference from high school to now is that I am aware of mental health resources and um I'm aware of just like mental health being a thing that I can work on um and it's not necessarily oh you're going to be sad and just stay that way forever um I think now that I've worked through my like first really big hurdle of like high school depression and being suicidal and having so much anxiety just built up in me and being able to overcome that and say oh okay like I am very happy right now or like I do feel calm and composed and like I feel like I'm myself again um after going over that hurdle I I I think that even now when sometimes I am like there's too much going on I wish that I could just stop and you know just have it all go away I know that I'm going to get like be able to get over that and there's a better outcome after a certain amount of time. Hmm. And so I guess I guess the difference is like my mindset of saying it's going to work out. Um and you might not know how it's going to work out, but it's just the fact that you know that somehow it's going to work out and like things will continue going on. Um, and that the solution isn't just getting rid of everything that, you know, time will, will heal all wounds. Mm. And yeah, UCLA is tough. Like college is really rough. Um, and I think it's just the high school questions that I was mentioning, but it's not the first time I'm thinking about it anymore. It's just, I've right. thought about those questions for a couple years now and they might seem more significant now because I'm getting like older but <laughs> um I know I'm still young <laughs> but yeah it's it feels like I've done this before and I can like I know I'm gonna get stronger hmm. by overcoming this but definitely not like oh I'm like mental health um queen I'm always like happy I'm like unfazed um yeah I'm the same person mm -hmm. 
And I think people don't change that quickly. I think we just grow in small increments. And so, like I said, my mental health is a little bit better. Like Mm -hmm. my mental health journey is a little bit better, but like it could definitely, like I want to see it get better over time. Just as much as I want to see myself grow over time and become, you know, it's the complexities. It's yeah. the complexities of life. It's exactly life. you're growing as a person, and you want your mental health to to grow with you. So, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's like I don't think we're just as human beings. I don't think we're ever satisfied because once we hit a certain point in our lives, we're always going to see something that's better, mm-hmm. or we're going to say, "Oh, I want that." And so you're just constantly shooting for more, for right. more. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's good to have that mindset of like, oh, I'm not like, there is no like last end goal that I'm trying to meet. It's always going to keep shifting. And that's good because you're always like trying to get better, you know? Right. Um, totally. And yeah, that's my, that's kind of like my mindset with mental health right now is like, I I think I'm, I'm doing good. I'm taking it day by day. And yeah. that's the difference is like, I feel more grounded. Hmm. So, okay, so it's it's wild because it's like, obviously you're involved with Changing Tides, so you have a passion for mental health, mm-hmm. more than likely through lived experiences. I think that's what makes most people passionate about mental health is you're keenly aware of your own mental health. Yeah. But every time I've interacted with you, it's like, oh, you was the cheery, like, like goofy, silly. <laughs> like, I can't imagine, like, you are having downtimes because I'm just so used to you being like, high spirited so it's like it's like do you do people ever because i i've experienced some stuff similar like when you have your bad days do you Mm -hmm. ever experience like folks who are like caught off guard by it or also like who because i because i know you as like the cheery like you are like like Mm -hmm. how do you when you do have the breaking points or you hit the wall like how do you learn to express those in a healthier way than maybe in the past yeah, I think um, I think allowing myself to pursue the arts hmm. has really helped me. I know that's something that Changing Tides explores a lot is like art therapy and like turning to art for mental health. But I think um, so I was at first very hesitant to pursue an arts major. I was like, that is unstable. That's not something that I just like associated myself with personality wise I was not the artist of the family it was Hmm. definitely my dad or my sister um but then I got into UCLA as a theater major and I feel like that was some sort of like supernatural being saying okay you're like allowed to pursue being an artist um and so because of that a lot of my classes revolve around art and self-expression and I think that's been really helpful because I would be having a really stressful day and then I walk into ballet or jazz and I can just shut my mind off completely and just like let my body like do its thing and like you know just express like all the emotions that were pent up um so I do love doing dance um I go out to run sometimes when I'm just like really hitting my breaking point um (laughs) But I think what's similar with those two things is like, I feel like I'm alive. Like, Mm. 
I can breathe and I'm actually physically using my body, feeling like I'm connected to the earth and I can touch the concrete. Um, the LA way of touching the grass. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I just, I, I think that like with technology and all of these other things that have come into our lives of like us constantly having our phones and um, like checking social media, it's like, it feels disconnecting and that disconnecting feeling also translates to like my mental health like being a little bit unstable of me not knowing who I am or maybe kind of feeling like you know I'm not in my body and so I do like turning to like those physical expression moments where I do feel like I'm in my body and I'm like okay this is I'm like a living breathing being right um and I'm here and that's like enough Uh uh-huh and that's it's something that I I need to uh, a trick I need to steal from you is going to uh, do not disturb more often. More yeah. often than not, when I'm texting you about changing tides, it's the um, Yula has her notifications turned off and then it's like it delivered quietly. You know what I'm talking about on iPhone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like I need to get better at that because I, I feel like I'm always so connected to my phone. So mm-hmm. I feel like you're probably you're, you seem to be very good at removing yourself from the, the your phone when you need to. Yeah, it's like I it's it's really difficult just because like I I stage manage and like half my job is responding to emails and that goes from literally any time of the day, right? So I could get an email from I don't know, like the scenic designer at like 8 a.m. But then um a text message from my director at like midnight hmm. about the next day's daily call. And I feel like it's kind of giving yourself the freedom to say like okay I'm not gonna respond to those texts right now and I'm still working on that just because I feel like I always have to immediately but um yeah extracurricular stuff in terms of like social media and just other apps that I don't need I have all of the notifications off Hmm. yeah like I only have like text and phone on I think gotcha which is apparently, yeah, a weird trait. Like, a few people have been like, why do you have, like, no notifications? And I'm like... It's not weird. It's how it should be, honestly. So it's like, <laughs> we're... Honestly, we're like, we're the weird ones. But... So so off of that, so you just said you, you stage manage for the theater program whenever yeah. you, when you put on performances and such. So I, I, I know there's a joke about theater kids, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. But the commitment of the folks in theater is unbelievable and i don't know how you survive like tech week or mm-hmm. the way f- the weeks right, right i know like yeah, like you're <laughs> literally in the middle of it so during these times i feel like you're thrown off your, your typical schedule of being able to to maybe go for runs more often or whatever it might be so like like who who or what do you lean on in these like grueling tech weeks Hmm. no that's interesting because so this past week was my tech week and it was like the best week for some reason and (laughs) i kept saying i kept saying on monday i was saying today's such a good day and for no reason and i was saying that like over and over to my friends and i think so I told you that I had like a meeting with my professor 
And the biggest thing that I took away from the meeting was him saying, like, in the end, it doesn't really matter. And that, mm-hmm. kind, of, that kind of sounds like horrible at first, um, but it really took a weight off my shoulders and I was able to just focus on my priorities. And my priority in my mind was I'm at school for theater. I'm a theater major. And the show that I'm working on is a department show. And that's what I'm here to study. Mm-hmm. And that is my number one priority. And so I kind of like shut my mind off of a lot of other things, like other commitments that I had. So like I not necessarily saying this is a good thing, but like I kind of took my time off of like general ed homework that could be submitted like next week or um kind of like lessening my volunteer workload for um like graphic design or um or just like taking out food instead of cooking Hmm. which is so random or um I don't know, like dirty clothes. For some reason, I like fold my dirty clothes and then place them neatly like in my laundry, which is like also really not the trait that I might have. But like, I didn't fold them and I just threw them in there. Like it's (laughs) that's normal. So you fold them for the laundry machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just because it's like hey, I don't know. Um, You do you. You got to do what you got to do. But like, I didn't do that this week. Just like tiny, tiny things. Or, like, sleeping for an extra 30 minutes and then, you know, and then starting my day. It's just, like, I was nicer to myself Hmm. and, like, less rigid in the things that I thought I had to do. Hmm. So, I was, like, I don't have to, like, cook dinner. Or, like, um, I drove to um, the theater building instead of my 30-minute walk with, like, my laptop and my binder and everything. So, like, I drove instead and I paid for, like, $6 student discount parking. But I was, like, that's going to be easier on me, like, in the long run. And I got back to my apartment early and, like, went to sleep by, like, at least 2 a.m. So, it was, like, (laughs) Matthew, your face. Um, I think it's just, like, small changes, really, really small changes that I Mm -hmm. made, like, ended up creating just mood changes of me feeling like it was just randomly a better day but I guess it wasn't random because I allowed myself to make tiny spaces to breathe totally Um, and by the way for audio only listeners it's uh the reason why you said Matthew your face and laugh (laughs) is it because she's calling me ugly it was because when she said she make sure she got to sleep at least by 2 a.m I was like mind blown (laughs) But anyway, that's, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there that Yua is not bullying me. She has before, but not right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, that's something that I'm so glad you learned as a college student because I think that's something I feel like, and that I'm glad that you vocalized that because I wish that I had done that in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish that I had prioritized myself at times, but also just like we figured out my priorities like i'm not saying this is advice to every high school student but for me i wish there were nights that i just went to sleep instead of finishing an assignment you know because i think that would have served me in that moment not necessarily every night but there are times when it's like there's so much going on i should have just slept or i should have just gone for a walk i should have done this or that so 
and it's the like earlier people can learn that the better yes I I completely agree and I think that I had to I realized that people are much more sympathetic and nicer yeah. than you think especially your teachers and your professors I feel yeah. like and it's like I think people react to human emotion and human lived experiences because we all experience really similar things I think um just generally Mm -hmm. and we experience similar feelings and emotions throughout our lifetimes and I think like when I was talking to my professor saying that I'm sorry I couldn't submit my assignment like I have been working I am concerned about my finances I want to like you know do well in my job but also do well at school and um I'm concerned that like you have a bad impression of me because I haven't been able to submit my assignments on time and there's just additional stressors right now that are really overwhelming me and like theater and all this and they're just really they were understanding and they said I went through the same thing in college and I understand Mm -hmm. and like you can take you know a moment to breathe and I think yeah it's just communicating transparently instead of saying okay I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay up all night and do this or um like they're not gonna understand it's it's like you know it takes literally just words (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and a little bit of your time to communicate to the other person how you're feeling Mm -hmm. and I think that's like a healthy response to yeah reacting to overwhelming situations definitely so okay so remind me how many more years you have left of college is this your last year or do you have another i have next year too so i'm a third year right now yeah okay so you're not quite at the point of being totally concerned about the post-college life yeah i guess (laughs) like like i know what's on your mind it's on it's always it's on your mind throughout college but like you have you can put it off for a little bit but anyway as that time is kind of looming, I guess, it could be really scary for people, especially if you don't have a job secured while you're in your senior year or your fourth year. Yeah. So, like, when you look at graduation, mm-hmm. especially as you're exploring a career in the arts, like, where do you stand in terms of your comfort level with, with that time approaching? Yeah. Um. Matthew, I mean, you study film, so you know the looming stress of being a freelance worker and not an office consistent paycheck worker. Um, I'm really concerned about that just because I like to, I think I always say this, but I don't want to be a struggling artist and just as much as I want, I love the arts, I want to be, um, like, self-sufficient and, like, independent mm-hmm. um, and have financial stability and do things that, and have a lifestyle that I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so it's, like, a balance that I think I'm trying to figure out. I was talking to my stage management advisor about this yesterday, but... I don't, I just, I don't know what I want to do yet. (laughs) Um, And it might be a question of like, 
do I want to continue doing theater or I know I want the arts to be involved in my life and I think that is a career path that I almost have to take because I know that's my strong suit Hmm. people always say like don't just do something that you love like do something that you love and like you're good at Hmm. because then you'll you'll succeed Hmm. and I, I I I think I agree with that and I think I have the like pleasure of knowing that I am good at the arts and not right. stem I tried but it didn't. <laughs> um and so yeah I have a like I have a vague idea of like wanting to go into the arts like wanting to do something that's like self-expression and um kind of honing in on like human emotion and all of that like intrinsic motivation but I I don't know what I want to do yet gotcha and I think that's I don't know I'm always like I'm always thinking about it I'm like making I'm like drawing on maps like life maps because apparently like Shohei Otani does that oh really (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay maybe I can be like him Mm, um a baseball player yes yes but um yeah I I don't know one thing I do do though is I take advice and I like implement it really quickly so whenever someone gives me advice and I think it's good I like try and implement it as much as I can into my life Hmm. and I think um there's a lot of people that I come across at the university that have you know lived their lives and like had their careers and everything and they have a lot of wisdom to give um and I I like jot down all their small pieces of advice and like try and form how that can can help me in the future uh so I'm sorry there for the audience especially if you're on video on YouTube uh I had to fix my camera for a second but we are back uh but my camera died right at the end of the interview um, I don't have much other questions for you, except for the quick oh. fire fun questions. But okay. before I get to that, um, I have noticed that you you have you seem to be very involved with the JA community and many different programs at UCLA. Hmm. What is like the what role does community play for you in mental health or just your life in general? Does the JA community? Or just like community at college or just having a community of some sort. Yeah, I think I'm always looking for a community that I can be a part of. Um, Sometimes I overextend myself because I want to be in too many communities. But um, I think it allows me to have some sort of like self-identification. So the JA community, I think the people I just identify with like, ethnically and also just culturally um and like being Japanese American not just being put in a box of like when I was I don't know in high school and I would be like oh you're Japanese like okay Mm. it's like okay but like no I'm like more there's so much nuance um and I think the JA community like allows for me to identify that and I remember um when my sister like first kind of opened the door for me um she first like joined NSU which is the Nikkei Student Union um and told me to join at UCLA I um I just felt more comfortable just naturally with the people 
-hmm. and I can't really like pinpoint it but I think it's just this inherent like understanding of oh yeah hey like yeah we we know (laughs) like like we have similar like upbringing experiences and like we eat similar foods and like it's just like a cultural thing so yeah within the J community I just it's I guess it's comfort and like a natural like unsaid friendship that I could just have with these people um (laughs) for theater I think it's like passion um because we're all striving to succeed in this very unstable and honestly like dying industry because theater is like thought to be so old right everyone Mm. like wants to go see movies now and not plays or musicals but like a hundred years before everyone went to go see the operas Mm -hmm. um and so yeah I think um like I get like more motivation and fire and inspiration to continue my like love for theater and um want I don't know continue wanting to be an artist with my theater community Mm -hmm. And then with just different clubs around campus, I think it's like something similar where I gain a different sense of like identity and being by being a part of that community and by surrounding myself with those people. And I think similarly with the people in those environments, like they identify a certain part of them with that community. Because I don't think it's just anyone's just fixed in one community. There are smaller communities that like we are all a part of. Um, And I think people are a part of multiple communities. And that is just like what makes us such complex beings is like we have multiple identities, right? And like um, personalities. And I can say like for sure my, I think personality in Changing Tides is probably different from my personality with like, my fellow designers in the theater or when I'm stage managing like I'm much more um like organized and like we got to get down to work like okay come on we're going dark we're gonna start calling cues now like okay on set you know it's like yeah it's it's like I I associate my like different parts of myself with different people and with different communities and that's why like I I love that and I always want to find more just because I don't know it's just infinite right like the amount of (laughs) identities that one person can have and I feel like that's a good thing yeah and that just like learning new interests about that you wouldn't have known about before or whatever it might be just involving yourself with new people so I totally get that um so yes as I said we are towards the end of this interview but before I get to these like silly little quick fire questions is there anything else you'd like to say before we jump to that um I'm just really happy that I'm finally on the CT podcast (laughs) it was just like in the back of my mind I always like I was like okay one day I'm gonna have to do it but I don't know if I can say anything that's worthy enough to be on the podcast and I realized that we always say okay we're speaking in first draft during CT cafes and I was just like okay I'm gonna go into the podcast with that mindset of uh-huh. this is a first draft like probably maybe like tomorrow I'm gonna look back and say oh that was so stupid that was such a stupid answer or like I changed my mind about that 
and more so like in a year or in five years or in 10 years I might listen back to this podcast and be like wow I was so like naive um (laughs) because I do that just normally too I look back at myself in a year and I say wow it was so different Mm. or I just had a completely different mindset so I'm glad that I got called on (laughs) to the podcast um and I'm excited to kind of look back and see how my perspective changes over time Mm -hmm. yeah a nice no Definitely. And, you know, I think that's part of it is you've grown so much since like how you originally viewed mental health. And it's just the complexities of life all over again. It's just a time capsule for that. You're so good at bringing the theme back. You know what I've done? This is my 31st. This (laughs) is my 31st episode. I'd like to think I've picked up some tools of the trade. Um, (laughs) I'm just so happy for to have you on the crew. I came like onto the crew, like literally like I feel like it was like weeks apart of when I joined and then you did. So I'm glad that we're like in the same generation of CT crew. (laughs) I'm glad that Leah Michelle is out here saving theater for you to have a job in the future. (laughs) Because without her and Funny Girl, I don't know what would happen to the entire Broadway uh, world. Um, I just had to sing um, a Leah Michelle song for my dance class a couple days ago. Um, Mama Who Bore Me. And, like, I was definitely the worst in the class just because I'm not, like, a musical theater student. Um, But, yeah, you brought up Leah Michelle, and she's, like, kind of relevant in my life right now. I'm glad this is a podcast (laughs) because she could hear it and she won't have to read it. But, anyway, um, thank you so much. And then I think there's just the quick fire questions now. Okay, cool. So... Are you like going to gonna find me or something? <laughs> no, no, no. When I say quick fire, I'm just saying they're not as serious. You don't have to like. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, if you could invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, um, I want to have dinner with my family. <laughs> okay. And my, I think just like my extended family too, because mm. I never like hung out with them. And I think mm. they're the most important people in my life that I never got to talk to. So my grandfather who passed away um, and my mom, my dad, my sister, and I guess my my grandmother on my mom's side. <laughs> wow. That's so sweet. I thought you were just gonna go to like, um, what's I don't his know. name? I think it's like celebrities are just normal people too. I agree, I agree. And I think, I don't I think I can gain much more insight into who I am and like how I should continue on with my life as I move forward if I get insight from the people who are closest with me yeah I was kind of just hoping you'd say (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda five times (laughs) Um, honestly (laughs) (laughs) um is there a dream stage production that you would love to work on like, is there a play that you would really want to work on? Hmm. Um, a play? Uh, I think I want to work on a musical. Okay. Just because I got into theater because I fell in love with musicals. And I've just really wanted to work on one, but I still haven't been able. Oh, okay. Um, and we're actually doing Into the Woods at UCLA. I'm not working on it. But that was the show that got cut off for me at high school, like the the COVID musical during high school that got cut off. Um, 
I don't know. I would definitely like to work on The Addams Family. That was the first show that kind of got me to like theater. Oh, cool. Um, and like want to do it. I remember um, when I was in eighth grade, I went to go see The Addams Family at Costa. Oh, and cool. then I went back home and I said, Mom, I'm going to do theater. Super cool. And she was like, no, don't. <laughs> you're like too shy. Don't do it. And I was like, no, I'm still going to do it. But um, yeah, I, I, I just want to like take it back to the origin. That's cool. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, if you had to, or if you could, I'm not like, I don't know where you stand on this, but if you could live anywhere outside of California, where would you go? Outside of California? Um, definitely New York. I want to kind of test myself and see if I'll survive there. <laughs> I know you lived in Chicago, so you know the, the cold and like, uh-huh. <laughs> you've survived that. But I'm definitely a California girl, haven't yeah. stepped foot outside of California in terms of like living for a long period of time. And that's where like New York is where theater is at. And I think yeah. that is the other hub of like art life just popping off. And um, I think I have to go there at some point in my life. And I want to, I really yeah. want to. Um, and yeah, I, I've always like dreamed of going to New York and doing something with the arts so yeah that makes i mean i don't know why i even asked with you being a theater (laughs) major that makes so much sense so it's like (laughs) duh um okay so these are where they get real goofy so if you were a raindrop where would you fall oh my gosh wait i remember this question at a ct cafe (laughs) i keep like advertising ct cafes here um a raindrop i would land um Hmm. I guess in like a, or I want to give like a specific answer, but I was going to say like a river, but I don't like no river names are popping up for me. Hey, um, we could just go with rivers. <laughs> just like a calm stream or river that yeah. I just like, I feel like if I were a raindrop, I just like want to, you know, I want to relax because yeah. I, I came down from a huge fall and I'm like hey. scared. That sounds um, good. I just want to, I just want to relax and flow, you know? Totally. So with that, (laughs) yeah, totally. (laughs) So with that, then this is a perfect segue. If you were an ice cream flavor, what would you be? Hmm. That wasn't really a perfect segue, but I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) um, An ice cream flavor? I feel like I'd be one of those really crazy, like rainbow sherberts, just because I think I'm like always shifting who I am and my perception of who I am and it's like but I love being like (laughs) like funky and like spreading joy and I think in the end I always want to like be I don't know the cause of someone's happiness in their day um and I'm looking for that so Mm -hmm. I feel like a rainbow I guess it's not ice cream. I said sure. No, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we'll go with it. Uh, then to round it out, what would the title of your autobiography be? Ooh, that's hard. Um, I guess... Um, uh, uh, um... <laughs> like, what... Um... My the title of my autobiography, um, 
maybe like <laughs> wait I'm just, I'm like so blanking I don't know um the wait this is like I'm I'm like super blanking I don't know what wait what 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 would yours be just so I can get an idea um my long-standing favorite um quote which has been in my like twitter bio for so long is just listen learn grow because i feel like there's so much that's so good you could you need to listen then you then you can learn from it and then you grow from it interesting that's kind of how i've always had an outlook on yeah could i give you one that i i really like the complexities of life (laughs) (laughs) okay so this podcast is my autobiography yes yeah it's okay. distilled this is a distilled down version of your autobiography no I and I think it's like it was difficult for me to think of one just because I don't I can't see myself as like a full person yet you know like it's like I, to me I'm only in like the first two pages of my autobiography because I'm really just I feel like I've just been taught to like do life to set up for mm. life there's still there's yeah totally which is still confusing because it's like I'm already I've already lived 20 years but I think up until college like and maybe even like grad school everyone's just kind of like taught to like set up for your life and I don't I don't like that but that's probably why I had like so much difficulty thinking of one Mm. but yeah complexities of life so let's just let's just stick with that that's oh totally that's the title of this episode if if it's short enough it might be too long to be a title but anyway Yua, thank you so much uh this was a very easy episode for me i feel like you had so much to say and so much for me to ask (laughs) off of that so thank you Uh um again it's great to have you along on the ct crew with us uh you make us young otherwise you you bring our average age down quite a bit so thank you um and then that's pretty much all i got statistically yeah. you bring our average age down so that's <laughs> good but for being a youth committee <laughs> anyway uh that's about it and yeah great thank you cool. of course <laughs> thank you so much to you for joining the podcast talking about her mental health and how that's gone along hand in hand with her education life and her her life as a student which is she's still a student like it's so unbelievable like how early her mental health journey started and she's literally still a college student. Uh, I mean, similar for me and a lot of other folks, but like just how educated and how much she wanted to learn at an early age, I think is really admirable. So yeah, it was really great to have you on this episode. And um, if you enjoyed this episode, you could go ahead and subscribe for our episodes that release on every other Tuesday. Uh, Give us a rating or review if you liked this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us for more, you could find out more at our Instagram at LTSC underscore Changing Tides, or you could go to our website, thechangingtides.org. Thank you so much for listening, and let's continue to change the tide on mental health. Yeah.